I don't live life in a rear view mirror, even though that mirror would love my view. In a world of whispers, I've got a megaphone breaking down the drama one headline at a time. Wait a second. I have literally no idea what you just said because it was giving me such AMC that I did you see me? I like kind of like jerked up for a second. I was like, oh my God, am I about to see Nicole Kidman walk out talking about like whatever life is a fantasy as she like walks through the rain? That was we need to discuss if you have you should be doing voiceover work. That actually would be incredible. Well, I had a whole story about it because long story short, I don't know if you've seen these Sephora ads that there's a woman that shares my likeness and my voice. And I'm convinced that AI has somehow stolen my likeness and is being used in the Sephora ad, allegedly. Uh, But yeah, and uh, part of that was I played, I used to do voiceover work. And so I played my reel just to like show. And I was like, could, could my reel be in part of some AI learning and that some ad agency picked my voice? I don't know because AI is so new. We don't know where they're like sort of selecting these things, but I did do voiceover. I, one of my dreams as a child was to be like the first female, like movie voiceover person. Well, I could 100% see it also. That reminds me uh, unrelated to the AI, which 100% could also be a factor and shout out the unions team, SAG, AFTRA, yay, WGA. But um, it reminds me of like when you hear about those actors who've become well known or have played some kind of like incredible part and they are looking at the casting write ups for an audition and it's like, I'm seeking a Drew Barrymore type. And then Drew Barrymore goes in and doesn't get the role. Like someone else gets the job <laughs> and the description is like literally you. I mean, yeah. welcome to Hollywood. And you guys, <laughs> it's Andy's girls. <laughs> excited for this episode with a guest who I feel like I record with every day just based on our texts and DMs, but we don't. So I'm so glad she's back. You know her as the talk of shame, and I know her as someone who every time she comes on, I want to say, even though this is terrible, I'm sure you're so annoyed by it, but I always want to say, let's have a kiki because I'm so basic. I just, it stays in my head. I can't get enough. So welcome back to Andy's Girls Kiki Monique. Kiki, how are we? I love it. And I always am like, let's kiki about it. I said it today in a TikTok. I'm like, I'm still, I'm trying to make fetch happen. (laughs) (laughs) I think we both are. Now, listen, I'm here in New York. You're in LA. You have bagel days, pizza days. You're living your best life, embracing everything Los Angeles. Do you, do you miss being a New Yorker at all? I mean, you're, you'll always be a New Yorker, but do you miss being based in NYC? I do miss so many things about and like NYC in general or Brooklyn specifically. Um, cause you know, I love Brooklyn the most, love. but you know, it's like the, now that I've been here, like, I feel like I'm going into my third year, which is crazy, but like, now there's things where it's like, I would never be one of those people that's like, oh, New York's better than LA or LA is better than New York. Because <laughs> there are things that New York that you would never, could never touch LA. And like, I will always appreciate it. But there's things about LA where it's just like, oh God, you know, like the little things that make it easy. Like I just like, if I want to go like drive to a store, I could just like kind of park in front of the store and go into the store and then put stuff in my trunk and then drive it to my one level house. And then I have a house. I don't have an apartment. Like, you know, there's things, there's things you love about both. I am dealing with a back injury and I'm thankful that Whole Foods is nearby, but it's like, I go, I like going to the grocery store. So I have been known to go several times a week just to kind of meander. But there's nothing worse than going to the grocery store and being like, what can my back actually carry as I schlep this home? Because literally taking a car a couple blocks is $10. So like, it doesn't, it's not meant for maybe long time living in the ways that we want it to. No, I mean, it's more European, right? Like Europeans like go to the store like every two days. So it feels very quaint. But then sometimes you're like, look, I just need a Costco side of toilet paper (laughs) because I just want to have that, but there's nowhere to put it. (laughs) 
There really isn't. I'm like stuffing TP rolls in my beloved mid-century credenza. It feels like an act of violence. Honestly, I know that credenza is really fucking pissed. Can I ask you a question? I mean, listen, trigger warning to people who might be sensitive to this. I want to, you know, be really respectful. But I just need to ask you, like, let's cut the shit. Like from a foodie perspective... Not specific to bagel or pizza. Yeah. But from a foodie perspective, like going out, having a nosh, which do you prefer? New York City foodie living or LA? Safe space. No, I mean, here's the thing. Like I had low expectations of LA food scene because I I was one of those people that was like, nobody in LA eats. But wow, I've been really surprised. LA has some amazing restaurants. I have eaten some of the best meals ever here. Um, And I will say like, yeah, rent is still high, you know, New York Mm -hmm. rent. But I don't know, like you can kind of do things in LA. Like you can go to a food cart in a different way. Like, yeah, there's food carts in New York, but food carts in LA are like a whole different thing. It is like, uh, could be Michelin star worthy. So I don't know. Like, I definitely think that I'm enjoying the foodie scene here and maybe it's because it's new to me and because I didn't really get a lot of good Mexican in, you know, New York or a lot of good, like there's so many good Asian choices out here. And it's just like, um, there's things I love about New York, but like, there's things I don't think I got there. Like the produce here, right? The fresh produce is like kind of killer. That's that is the problem as a New Yorker is that God bless farm to table like locally sourced. I'm going to the farmers market in Union Square after this. It is my home away from home. I DM'd on Instagram one of my favorite vendors. The fact that the potato man retired and it made the New York Times when the potato man retired. I'm like so upset. I talked to him about housewives. He was like, what is that? Like, I loved him so much. His chi- You can't get a potato chip like the potato man. Everybody went to the every celeb chef. It was public mourning when this sweet dear man retired. But the thing with LA is the produce is so exceptional that these chefs, these restaurants that are already great, it's just like unbelievable, which you don't get in New York. It's just the the standard of like lettuce. And yeah. other stuff is just, it's unbelievable. I've never it's, eaten more heirloom tomatoes in my Oh life. my God, you're fucking killing. I mean, that's part of the reason why, you know, fingers crossed I get to BravoCon. It's an ongoing conversation between me and uh, my debit. But like, I do plan if I go to BravoCon to go to LA after and stay with, <laughs> shout out James, stay with a friend and be in LA for a couple of days and like, have an actual trip, do episodes, but like have some fucking meals, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. But you know what I do miss? And it was only because for some reason, like something happened yesterday where my senses were heightened. I was like, oh God, you know what I miss about the East Coast is like the smell of fall. Like oh. I just think that only East Coasters and I, and it's not a pumpkin spice. Like I'm not talking about no. that smell of fall. That's not the smell of that. It's a faux smell of fall. I'm talking, there's literally in the air a smell. It usually is just the way that the the leaves and the and the air smells and there's usually like a faint sort of campfire smell far away it's just a really and you don't get that here because it's like it doesn't ever turn fully fall so um I do I I'm excited I get to come back to New York like a little more often these days because I do I love a fall in New York it is so fucking romantic and we are we are survivors of the rain here this oh my god we're we're recording this on i don't even know what day allegedly saturday but we've lost track of what days mean because we're just making our way through but like when fall happens and you're listening to the harry connick jr album from when when harry met sally and you're walking through central park you're in a fucking goddamn movie it's like it's so on it is new york city gives allegedly disney and energy but this is the happiest place on earth when the yeah. leaves are falling everyone's okay sort of when we're like walkers <laughs> we're like our our mood rises as the temperatures decrease before we start having winter side tantrums it's just yeah. the everything is beautiful in mm-hmm. new york in octoberish everything is just October, and the November. hotel prices reflect that clearly of everyone knows that o- october is the time to be in New York. 
So actually, what from the perspective of like, you know, we were talking offline a little bit about like Vegas, like the experience of taking a trip to Vegas and noting that like F1 prices have made everything a little crazy. Um, I had our friend BBDB, Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo on the other day, and she was talking about the fact that Vegas now rivals New York in pricing for hotels. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's insane. Like I used to, I felt like going to Vegas, like, I don't know, I could do like a quick trip and then you could go on hotels.com or something right. and you'd always find something that was like not too bad. Like even the place that's like, uh, I think the link that like is one of the places that BravoCon has. I remember I stayed there once, I think for $29. Oh, <laughs> bring back that Vegas. Bring, I don't even need a bed. I'll stand in the shower for 29 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. Okay. Well, listen, I mean, I guess we should talk a little bit of Bravo while you're here before yeah. we stop recording and continue shooting the shit. <laughs> um, I just caught up on Southern Charm. I'm caught up on Salt Lake City, New York, and Orange County. Um, but I am not a below deck person. So I wanted to know your thoughts. Like you do so much content creation, which I'm always obsessed with. I mean, shout out you getting highlighted more than once on St. Hoax, which is like the number of my, of my year. I mean, highlight of my year too. When I saw that, I started screaming and like <laughs> losing my shit. Like that is my number one. That's my, that is my like mental health relief is like going to that page and laughing my fucking ass off. So the fact that you, you've reached the heights, I have to tell you, but um, from the perspective of like watching these shows, what have you been interested in? And also, are you a below deck person? Cause I feel like you're either in it or you're not. Below Deck, I think, is low-key, like, the best franchise on Bravo. It is, like, sadly, I don't talk about it so much because they've expanded so much because it is so popular that now I actually have lost track of when to watch. And so this show that I used to watch literally when it came on, I now I'm watching on Peacock because I'm like... Like there's the down under there's, you know, I always watch below deck and below deck med, but now they have down under and then uh, I think they're doing some. Yeah. And so and like yeah, sailing, I love. So now I just have to sort of catch up on them all, which is great because I love watching them, but then I'm not reporting on them because I'm yeah. like, I'm watching it. So after the fact and everyone's already talked about it, but it's so good. I will say though, I am concerned with, you know, if this reality reckoning, you know, does happen, <laughs> which it seems like it can kind of like doing little things. I think that franchise will be the most affected because like their whole thing is it's like it's like Vanderpump. It's basically a restaurant on the seas. These people serve people. And then when it's their time to act up, they act up. And if they're not allowed to act up, I don't know if that franchise will survive. Yeah. And also like when you're casting around seemingly toxic men, spoiler alert, they can behave in ways that are monstrous because you're looking for bottom of the barrel. Like you're looking for these terrible people. Then you get people who are doing things that certainly cross boundaries of like safety and everything else. And it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. This person who I cast because they're a piece of shit crossed a line and it's like sweetie we really need to redraw these lines here and it can start with your goddamn casting office you're telling me someone that picked a career that's as non-committal as a yachty as they travel around the world doesn't want to be in committed relationships and just likes to hop from bed to bed and woman to woman what <laughs> <laughs> also speaking about commitment issues I realized even in the last 15 seconds that I now I think have a better understanding of people who say it's too late for me to start Housewives because there are just too many shows on the air because I used to watch Below Deck and then I stopped watching as a response <laughs> to dumb behind the scenes stuff, which you and I can talk about offline. And I was just like, nope, no more of this. Like I'm putting them in a, I'm having a tantrum timeout. And then I just never picked it up again. But now I feel like one of those people where I'm like, there are just too many shows. I've lost so many seasons. I just don't have capacity to catch. Like, do I even need to catch up? Could I be part time? But that is why I think the smartest thing at this point, Bravo 
could do and is seems to be doing is recasting these shows because Roni has now gotten a whole new audience of people who are like, I didn't watch the old Roni, but like now I don't need to because it has no, no bearing on what is happening right now. And that's why I do feel like you could jump on Below Deck because again, Below Deck and Under, I just realized I had a whole season before this season. I didn't even watch it. So I just jumped in. So I don't feel so far behind because it's like, Yes, there's so many se- so seasons of Below Deck, but like now there's so many new franchises. There might just be one season and you could just watch that one and it has nothing to do with anything. Which one is the one with Hot Jason? I want to follow that one. Down Under, which is the one I started. And I think it only has two seasons. That's the one that you recommend or you recommend Meg? That's the one I... Re- I, I just started watching Down Under and I thought it was the greatest season ever. And I just watched this one. I haven't even watched the one before. Because he is... He's hot. He's so hot. And he flirts with them because he's single. Is he? And I'm like, I need, like, if he's still single at BravoCon, like, I am going to be up in his face. I mean, he's the kind of guy where you could put him up against maybe a panel with, like, housewife superstars. And I'm going to consider being in the room where he's happening. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, can I just, like, I'm going to be like, yeah, Mike, can I sit up front row and just be like... (laughs) Hi, I have a question. Are you still single? <laughs> we need to figure out some sort of content creator expressway for some of those photo lines. I Because otherwise, we're not going to be able to get into a single goddamn one. Because what ha- ended up happening at previous Bravo cons was you had to choose between going to a panel or waiting in line maybe for three hours to take a photo and then you they closed the line and then you missed both the photo and the panel but the first year they had given creators like uh essentially press access so you cut all the lines. So it wasn't like there wasn't SVIP at that point. I think it was just VIP in general, but I could be completely wrong. Maybe there were three tiers, but you went to like, you essentially just did a U-turn and you went, like I went straight to doing a photo with Kenya and Portia, no line. Like you were able to do everything and we just need to figure out something because I would truly like to just say hello to Jason, not knowing absolutely anything about him maybe i can study up like that could be a future taking it personally is just an hour of me you know giggling because i just he's so fucking charming i don't even know his last name he doesn't need to have one yeah keep your shirt on or off i have an imagination i went to theater i will use it to my advantage my goodness he wore, um, I think they call him like, what do they call him? Like budgie hungers or I can't remember the name they use him. But <laughs> that sounds like, like an insect. Like what the fuck is that? I feel like that's something that's like taunting New Yorkers. It's the new lantern bee or whatever the hell. What the fuck yeah, is a I budgie? I don't even, I feel it sounds I Australian, honestly. But it's like, like those little speedos, those little speedos. Oh, like one God. of the, one of the guests charters requested all the guys serve them in, <laughs> um, buggy hunter i can't remember what they call them something huggers like nut huggers essentially and um and captain jason wore one and i was like yes giving me like not dad bod it was like it was dad bod but like in in fit fit dad bod he's like i mean mm-hmm. um well first off it. I'm obsessed with classic dad bod. I love a Tom. So number one, number two, I guess I'm going to go as a squirrel for Halloween. It's like, <laughs> roll me into that shenanigan. We're just going to be like, running over. I'm like, hi, I'm a chipmunk. I'm here to do my job. I mean, come on. Can you imagine what that audience vibe is going to be like at BravoCon? It's just going to be endless shrieking. And that's just coming from whatever row I might be sitting in. Well, and then it's like, I feel like afterwards we should go to Thunder Down from Thunder from Down Under, which even would make more sense. What if Jason, because he's Australian, what if he was in Thunder from Down Under? Like they should do a collab. Wait, is Thunder from Down Under? I didn't even think of this. Is Thunder from Down Under the magic mic? Of like Australia, I think. I think that's why it's called that. That's my understanding. Is in Vegas because they have like the yeah. Magic Mike. Oh, so there's more than one. There's like Magic Mike Classic and then a spinoff. I think there's like Thunder from Down Under. That's the one I know. Well, cancel my plans. I know what I'll be doing at night. I mean, <laughs> let's just tell, let's tell Jason, like Jason, let's send you an ask. We have an invite for you to come on Andy's Girls and do a round table and we'll give you the address. Like we'll send an Uber pool. Don't Google it. 
<laughs> but it's just going to be a unique office. And also, if you can go through the, I know it says stage door, but like it's going to be, we need to figure this out. Um, listen, you mentioned New New York. We were both at the premiere party where a lot of the conversation was around what is this show going to be like? I have not seen it. Have you? Yada, yada. Based on your experience, perception, observation, hopes prior to the premiere, how do you feel about New New York now? I love New New York. Now, the last couple episodes had me a little bit like, what is going on? Because of some of my favorites, I'm like, you were acting up, but I'm also like, okay, with some of my favorites acting up because that's the whole thing I love about franchises is like, we're supposed to have ups and downs with these women's because the things that they do aren't supposed to be so jarring that we like hate them forever. It's like, I hate them in this episode and now I'm back to loving them. Right. It's like Uba was acting crazy towards Aaron and Aaron, who I never thought I would defend. I was defending like the hell out of, you know, like, but I love that. I love that we can have this full circle moment. So that's what makes it so good. Okay. If you guys, this is why for many reasons, I refuse to do a video portion of the podcast, but if you guys had just seen my face, my mouth was so open and I just fucking slapped my goddamn thigh because I have been, I just recorded an episode with friend of the pod, Kevin Fallon, who's the editor behind Daily Beast Obsessed. And he was team Aaron and I lost my fucking shit because I was like, how can you not be team Uba? And like the, are people ganging up on her, uh, on Aaron? No, they're just like holding her accountable. And also I, you know, like as a white woman, I was like kind of uncomfortable with some of the terminology and characterization of Uba's upset that Aaron was using. So for you to be like, I am now team Aaron because of this particular, you need, because I heard from people who are like, I totally disagree with your opinion, Sarah. And I said, more power to you, babe. Like, we can agree to, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying I have thoughts. You need to tell me your perspective on this because I'm so curious. First of all, Uba would not let it go. Okay. Uba gets to push Aaron in the pool. Great. They have a joke. And then it's like a whole fun thing. And Aaron's like, I love pranks. I grew up with, you know, brothers. And so like, I'm waiting for this moment. And then Uba leaves her own her own phone in the car. And then Aaron just like grabs it and it's like puts it away. Like, I'm gonna keep it here. Doesn't think about the phone. And then Sai ends up getting Uba pushed into the pool, which isn't Aaron's actual like get back, but whatever. And then Uba then suddenly realizes she has her phone and then freaks out. And then she gets it back. Okay. You're mad about it. You didn't have the phone. We're over it. She took this on a two-day, like, yelling in Aaron's face, snatching glasses off of her face because of a phone. It was, it was an, it was unhinged behavior. It was unhinged? not unhinged. It was unhinged over a phone. So I was like, okay, you're a little mad. Fine, fine, you're mad. And then she, okay, so then it went back to like funny because she's like, no. I'm going to hold your phone for 45 minutes too. Okay. Then it's funny again because we have a time limit (laughs) on the phone. So then, then we should have ended it. But then no, we go to the bar and she is still yelling at Aaron. We're just trying to have a drink in this lovely bar in Antigua. And like, he's making these rum drinks and she has to go to the other side of the bar. She leaves the bar. She comes home and then Uba is still (laughs) yelling in her face about this. I was like, if Uba does not let this fucking, let it fucking go. And then you don't even have the phone. The irony is in the middle of the conversation, you've (laughs) lost the phone again, even though you say you never lose this phone. It was unhinged behavior. But don't you think that when it came to having the conversation, Uba was like much more open to taking accountability and at least listening to Aaron versus Aaron, who was like, no, your feeling is just not valid. Like, no, I I didn't feel that. I felt like this was Uba. First of all, I felt like Uba and clearly had a good relation with Aaron enough that she took her to the diamond shop and they had that whole like moment that like. Something over a phone shouldn't have taken her to this. Like, it it just felt way out of proportion. And it just felt like she was, she felt that she could go in because the rest of the group was against Aaron at that point. So it was easier. I don't think that if everyone else hadn't been against Aaron, she would have kept going on as much as she did. But it was like easy because everyone at that point, you know, 
Uh, Jessel had her whole list that she was ready <laughs> to like, you know, she's keeping it, <laughs> making a list, checking God, it. Twice. She's the secretary. She's the housewife yeah. of New York secretary. Um, yeah. So I just thought it was unhinged behavior. But again, it doesn't make me dislike Uba. That's the thing. Like, ev- like I even love Bryn. Bryn was beat. She was so wrong for so many things in that episode too, you know, and like even Jessel, like sometimes she drives you crazy, but it, she drives me crazy in the best possible ways. So I still love every single character even though i'm like nope but you're wrong that's the thing i think about new yorkers in general is that we're not necessarily likable but we're charming af and i think that's the thing with this cast is like i don't need to like a person's behavior or decision to think that they're charismatic and good on the show and that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting noting that I'm as someone who really genuinely enjoys Aaron on the show. I am more than happy and content with her being potentially dragged at the reunion. Like I <laughs> think it's deserved. I mean, Shalom means hello, goodbye and peace. I think at least one of those meetings is going to be used at some point in this two or three parter. I, I, I am, I'm here for a little um, Aaron accountability tour, but also for Bryn too. Cause I think when it comes to like people fucking up, it's probably Aaron and Bryn maybe who have the most to answer for, but that also might be completely wrong. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like Aaron definitely, again, just as Uba went too far with the phone thing, Aaron went way too far with Bryn about the husband thing. Like she, you were like, that was stupid. You know, she wasn't trying to pick up your husband. So it's like, so it's like, I do think that Aaron can take it. And like, you know, also sometimes she just makes me laugh. Like when she started having like, you know, look, it was sad when she started crying because she was like, it, it felt like when I was getting bullied because this guy used to call me Long, Long Jaw Silver. <laughs> <laughs> Also, she was such a cute kid. Then they like show a picture to her. And I'm like, what are you fucking editors doing? You're like trying to prove the point of this goddamn childhood bully. Like she looked adorable. Like that's just the thing with childhood stuff. It's like someone's going to pull something out of their ass to make someone feel bad. And so the photo I had a crush on her. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent going by the laws of physics at this point. Any guy who's an asshole probably likes you. So, um, you know, they teach them young essentially on both sides of that coin but um so you feel potentially pretty good about new york so far i feel really good i mean i think it's um you know i think they should just bring back the exact same cast and do Mm. it because again i always love a season two housewife because that's where it really shows like you know they let down some stuff and more stuff comes out you know and so i'm excited i think they should keep it exactly the same i know people were i guess they just filmed the reunion people were up in arms about the jeans that jenna was wearing i actually haven't even i was i looked at the picture for one second and i was actually like disappointed because i was like everybody looked a little bit a hot mess (laughs) i forget if i talked about this on the patreon or ag classic but my issue with that with the reunion look was not even about the jeans which are kind of neither here nor there to me it was the fact that again it's like I'm not trying to like systematic bully Aaron but like and this really isn't entirely her responsibility but when it comes to like the tableau how iconic would it have been if everybody was in a long gown and then you had jeans right now it's like everybody's in differing long gowns for entirely different purposes and events and then you have Aaron in a short dress and then you have Jenna in jeans it doesn't not that Aaron needs to like bear the responsibility for length because at the end of the day they don't it's not like you just show up with a dress and production's like oh my god look at you that's so cute you have to get approval on it yeah. I just wish that someone had thought to themselves if Jenna is doing the jean let's do like a complete contrast that's yeah. like consistent everywhere else across the board but um, that's so interesting because I got a lot of responses from people who were really upset about about Aaron's behavior felt like it was playing into unfortunate, ugly tropes. So it sounds like while it's a a conversation that is deserving of discussion, that was not the opinion that you felt. Yeah, I felt like she was putting that on Aaron and Aaron. Like, I was like, no, you don't even put that on Aaron. You were, you snatched those glasses off her face and you like anybody would be like, what are you doing? That is unhinged behavior because it was, no. 
This is so fascinating. Well, now, I mean, listen, we're recording this before the new New York has aired, the new episode. So keep that in mind, guys, if there's any upcoming info. And I do also just have to say again in in Uba's defense that she does, she did say on social that more happened, which we'll find out about at the reunion, which is the thing any professional housewife will say is that like more is to come. You just need to watch the reunion to find out. So we'll see what happens there. But I mean, talking about hot takes, Orange County, Heather versus the world. How are we feeling about that dynamic? That's another one. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even ever know what side of the fence of Heather DeBro I've ever been on because I don't know. Like, I just don't know. But I do appreciate like, you know, a woman who loves champagne and like all of the fancier things. But like. I was obviously team Dubrow because this, everyone was acting a fool once again. I was like, Gina, I can't even stand up for you. Like, I want to like try to have your side, but like you are literally making no sense. You are doing the mental gymnastics you are doing right now to be mad at Heather. Do not make sense. Um, Emily, I love you, but like, relax. Like, you know, Heather is also not coming for you. Like Tamara is clearly the problem. And she was caught in 4K and nobody seems to care. Um, And obviously Shannon is always going to have, you know, Tamara's back or whatever. But I was just like, you know, the look that Heather gave, first of all, can we just talk about when Taylor Armstrong gets drunk? Oh my God, what was that? I don't even, I honestly, I don't understand what happened. Like, I I literally don't understand. I don't want to guess on it. I. She showed up drunk. Like, I don't even know if she showed up because she was, she might have still been drunk from, I don't know. Like, because I was like, when did that, she was wasted when she showed up. And I was trying to wrap my head around. Okay. So you and Jen are mad because there was a fight in Mexico Heather didn't have anyone on her side, so she, she she used you two to stay home, and then she said she was going to go get soup, and then she never came back, and then you were just stuck in the house for the rest of the night. It was like, what? Like, it didn't make sense. And then, of course, they show Heather literally passed out because anyone who has been <laughs> drinking in Mexico or anywhere knows that, like, sometimes you go to drink some soup and next thing you know, you are, pa- you don't even have control. You just, you, you pass out. You're like, Heather's, <laughs> Taylor's like, and you could have texted us because mine was waiting for us at the danceria. I mean, like she was unhinged. Mm. But Heather's impression of Taylor, like I was like, I literally was dead. And just the look she even gave Taylor of just like, I'm not. I'm not doing this. Like, this is so... She literally broke the fourth wall because she was like, I'm actually not doing whatever this is because I'm already fighting this battle over here, fighting this battle over here. I'm definitely not going to fight this drunken battle with Taylor about me going to drink soup. Also, not the most important part of the episode, but the way that Taylor was like, I know that everybody thought that cotton cotton candy moment was iconic, so I'm going to eat that ice cream cone like a snake devouring a mouse i was nervous for her throat i kept watching it because i was like you're putting the cone part in your mouth like just give your throat a second to relax i mean you it's a cold dessert you don't want to have a a circle of cold of cold sugar dairy in your mouth take a lick ma'am that whole scene was went between Taylor, yeah, just like gobbling an entire scoop of ice cream in one, not even a bite. It was a swallow. Right. And then to then look over and then Shannon's going teeth first into her bite because I just was like, turn this entire scene off. But yeah, I think Taylor should just like at this point get an OnlyFans career in like a different type of mukbang of like eating things whole. Because I don't know if you ever saw that TikTok where that guy just ate a Popeye's biscuit like a chip 
And it was like what? the most, like, everybody was like, what? How did he just, and I just feel like that could be Taylor's future. Wait, I don't, because I am spiritually mid-20s plus, <laughs> but I am not known to go on TikTok. So he took a biscuit and and like a, what do you mean like a chip? Like you just pop a chip? He in just mouth, literally he was just bisque? like talking and, eat, and he was opening up his Popeyes and he just grabbed the biscuit. And everybody knows how thick and like choky Popeye's biscuits are. Like I literally eat them so tiny because I'm always getting a joke. And he just put it, he was not even thinking. He just put it in his mouth and and he ate it like a potato chip. The whole thing, one bite. I mean, I guess this is what happens when my beloved potato man retires from the Union Square <laughs> Green Market is it's just like absolute chaos. As a, I think we've learned some lessons, which is like, please, sir, work forever. People don't know how to control themselves. They just they miss you so much. I do have to ask you about the Gina and Emily of it all, because they they are good friends. I would put them at the same kind of level as Giselle and Robin, just in terms of like, these are people with a genuine long-term friendship. I don't see it necessarily changing in any way. When they're not filming, what is the conversation that you think is taking place between them about animus for Dubrow versus suspicions that Tamara is in charge? Like, do you think that Gina believes her own bullshit that Heather is the bad one in this case. I don't know if Gina believe what Gina believes and if she believes anything. She seems to be a hopper. The only person that she's consistent with is Emily. Yeah. But then it's hard because Emily's trying to be consistent with her, but she keeps hopping around. And so then Emily's trying to hop around and follow her. I mean, I was glad to see, I think it was in the update they did that Emily had gone to Heather's birthday party in LA. Yes. They didn't say Gina had gone. I don't know if that just was like not included, but I was happy to see like, okay, I'm glad that you were stepping outside and doing your own thing because I do think that Heather, you know, is a good friend to you. Plus, look, we all know Emily is probably the smartest one other than Heather on that show. And I think she probably even sees the writing on the wall that Heather is angling for Beverly Hills. And um, I don't know if you think the same thing. I think Heather Dubrow is trying to be on Beverly Hills. And I think Emily is probably like, well, that will be a, that's a more fun friend to have anyways. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really try truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Ciao. 
Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villarosa, OVS. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. I... I honestly like thought and assumed that that was happening. And then Heather has given press reports that she's essentially comfortable staying in Orange County. You know, Terry has his practice there, whatever else. I don't know how much of that is like keeping a foot in both places to see if the temperature is going to change. My hope certainly is that she stays in Orange County. We need her there. She's more important and crucial to the plot in Orange County than I could envision her being in Beverly Hills. I don't even know that she would be used properly there. I think oh, she no. might be too comfortable. I want her to feel the discomfort of Orange County. It's satiates me plus plus so I don't I don't even know where she because I feel like she recognizes that I, I but I don't know because it's like a torture chamber for her at this point to be in OC. but then we also saw that Nikki her son Nikki is now working for Josh uh Altman, Altman. so like again like we do know that the DePros love a new series so like um, you know, could we see some million million dollar listing or some real estate thing happening too? Probably. And, you know, I mean, the Altman's, obviously they're LA, but like Orange County, we see Selling OC is like, you know, ratings gold over on Netflix. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Altman's do their own version of OC. You know, I think there's so many ways that, yeah, it could go. Do you think Gina will be full-time next season? Or do you think that there might be an adjustment to friend of? I mean, now that Shannon got that DUI, I think so. Like, right? I mean... That she'll be full-time, you think? I think so. I mean, because at this point, Shannon has to come back. Even if she doesn't want to address this situation, she has to. We know that she needs this check. This is why she's doing... Wait, can we also talk about the colonics she's doing? Because Shannon obviously needs this check. She's doing a bunch of things. And one of those things is that colonic. And okay, they call it the, the sick, sick colonic because you sit on your toilet. Okay, I'm just saying the way that the straw is positioned on the toilet, wouldn't you just shit all over your toilet? It doesn't seem like it comes out to where... And don't you then just shit back into the straw? Like, I can't figure out how this thing works. Have you ever had a colonic before, like a professional colonic? I did a professional one and I was on my side and they did the, you know, so it was like, I wasn't worried about shitting back into the straw. (laughs) I mean, I've had it twice before, well before I found out that I have like an electrolyte water issue, but it does, which does, 
<laughs> that does also. That is. That, I actually hadn't thought about that until the Sidalonic stuff happened, where I was like, "Oh my god, you know what? My like situation medically that would explain why I didn't feel <laughs> I, like I felt a weird way neurologically after. Like I thought I was just being insane. And it's like, no, sweetie, <laughs> that ended up being like the the opposite of what you should have been doing. But I'm not anti colonic. I mean, I don't know anything about it, and I had it done twice. But it is like. It is like there's like a safety thing. You need to go to people. That is not the time in which to group on. Like you should be going to people who know what the hell they're doing because it could go very, very wrong. So the idea of making this into like a user friendly experience, I assume that from what we saw, it's about like pumping in the water and then getting the, as you said, straw. So out of the way the okay yeah then I think you move the straw and then whatever happens happens it's like a fun little miracle Got but it. I don't think um that there is as much demand for this as Shannon anticipates that there is and I also I'm nervous about like following directions you know Shannon has been sued before and I'm very concerned <laughs> that like one wrong straw. I just, she's talking about providing for her kids college. And I'm like, Shannon, let's just make sure that you can keep the house. Like I, I'm nervous for this. Because that straw wasn't tiny. Like it felt like if it was, you know, angled the right way, you might puncture something. I'm just saying it was not, it was a rather large straw. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's not even Shannon specific to me, although this does feel like a specifically Shannon choice. Like, I just don't want to do that at <laughs> home. I just like, that's not my journey. And I certainly would not invest in like a startup company where the people creating this, I mean, she does have Dr. Moon in her corner, but like Shan, God bless her, is not a scientist. The closest she's come is like putting on Coldplay. I just don't think... <laughs> I just don't think this is her journey. I know that Shannon is trying to figure out her journey, but I would redirect her back to the real for real cream cheese stuffed salmon. Like maybe we can figure out the dairy fish percentage. Focus on that a little. Like yeah. or or sell stuff. Oh my god, I just had a night like sell stuffed animals that look like Archie Bador. I would buy that. I love stuffed animals. Like I know that that has a you know, a time thing on it. But like, you know, Archie is beloved. Me, do dog a dog collection, make callers like he's run away before. Like you could talk to us about preventative measures there. I, do that. Sell bowls that have lemons on them. I mean, I'm just I'm just coming up with so many great Fit ideas. <laughs> I'm just this is going to pay for Paris. This is going to pay for FIT. Like let Archie lead the way like he does on your daily walks. Get oh, get out of the shit economy. Oh, look, I, I've always like, you know felt bad for Shannon. The funny the funniest tweet I saw was just like uh here you know Shannon winning the award for having uh, you know 10 terrible seasons like the only housewife to ever have 10 bad seasons because like you know she does. But I did feel bad for her and obviously like this episode too, you know, you discover like you know she calls her daughter Sophie who's in Texas and her daughter's like uh eh, like we're not coming back to Texas. Like we're not coming back to California, you know, and obviously like the one daughter is at USC, but the other is over in New York. And like, you know, obviously, well, we now know that her uh, her boyfriend, John Jansen, <laughs> can't, can't. is, you know, not a great boyfriend, even though I'm, I'm curious to see after this DUI if he sort of sticks around because of the guilt, right? Because um, I don't know. We'll see. But I feel bad for her, but... She also needs to, I don't think that she has just ever worked on herself. She has acted like she's worked on herself, right? but she's always, I felt worked on herself with the intention of trying to like for a man, it's like, I'm trying to get better for myself because this man. And so I, when she actually takes the time, like I, I hope she goes to rehab. Let me, can, I, can I tell you about rehab? Okay. I was in Malibu this past week and it was really close to passages, which I had heard oh. about, but I never really, you know, and I know we started reading the website 
Very interesting. That's what I'll save some of that for another day. But like, man, I, I can't imagine it costs less than like, you know, 50,000 a month. I feel like it's a hundred. I think it's like really, really, place. really. Yeah, it's super expensive. And, it's, uh, you know, I'm like, if you have it. the funds or someone who will go up for that, I just think she needs to like kind of go away for maybe, you know, 60 days and just really focus on herself, you know, <laughs> you know, because I just don't think she's, she ever has. And, uh, yeah, it also it does ask the question of like someone working on themselves, like what do you consider the work to be? And is that work going to be effective? Like at the end of the day, what is your goal? And there is something to be said. You know, I love Shan. She is my mm-hmm. sweet, sad queen. She is my broken bird. And I really genuinely love her. I care about her. I'm concerned for her. Um, but I just don't know what kind of concern she has for herself. I'm sure that she is in a really deeply upset state. I'm sure that she is potentially experiencing a lot of guilt and shame and embarrassment and maybe anger and hurt. Who knows what she's experiencing? I just wonder, I hope for her that the whatever tools she might be seeking, I just hope that those are tools that can really help her long term because this is not a burying the crystal in the foundation of our house moment. This is not Um, We need to have like green internet, David. So I'm going to yell at you for a year about that. Like this is something else. And I I don't know what that is. I'm not going to prescribe it to her. I'm not going to identify her as something. I got into that with a really fantastic satchel on Patreon, which someone sent to me talking about the ways that people assuming or um, giving a title to what is going on with Shannon is actually a pretty problematic decision, but one that could be understandably triggered by that person's own experience. Um, So I talked about that at length there. But I just I just hope that like she's okay. I hope that she's okay. I hope that whatever accountability and responsibility needs to be taken for this um, is taken and that whatever choices she is making, while I'm sure that there's a legal component to it strategically, I hope that um, I hope that she's able to get one step closer to whatever it is that could like really help her long term. I don't think I think she's been in a place of pain for so long that while her circumstances may have changed in her environment, like the thing that has stayed consistent is Shannon's upset. And I don't know that her coping skills are helping her in a way that is healthy or safe. But I do want to shift a little, but staying on Shan, because I'm so sorry. I forget who posted this. Someone posted something on stories, and I was like, oh, my God, that's such an interesting point. Who is the worst boyfriend, uh, Ryan or John Jansen? I'm going to go with John, because honestly, Ryan has not. What thing have you been trying to sell Ryan on me? This I haven't been buying. I'm like. Okay, so he was not in a committed relationship, and so he was on a break, and he slept with one person. I truly don't see him as a cheater. I don't think he's actively cheating. I don't. You don't see him as a cheater, but he's cheated in every single relationship until cough, cough, now cough, cough? I don't. I Look, maybe I am naive but he just he just doesn't strike me as a current cheater as a current cheater yes but but he's admitted to cheating yes but i don't see him as like stepping out on jen right now like i'm just like i know that's what they're trying to imply but all that being said would you identify him as a current fuck boy Wow. No, I just I honestly he seems like he really likes her. I know. And I'm I'm not like a you know, Captain Save a Ho, like dude, like I think dudes like (laughs) I think most dudes are garbage, but I like he does like honestly, he seems like he really likes her. And honestly, I think John Jansen is way more toxic. I 100% agree about John. And the thing that makes me concerned is like there's press reports and some of Shan's friends talking about the fact that she's like staying with friends right now because while she recovers, whatever else. And one of those friends is Vicky. Another one, quote unquote, friend is John, which is, to me is the worst case scenario because I think they have a shared interest in some toxic behavior that really um, – yeah. I don't really give a shit about John. Apologies to Mr. Jansen. I really care about Shan. And I I don't think him being in her life um, helps her in any long-term way uh, or honestly short-term. 
Ryan, I mean, he he gives me fuck. You can like your girlfriend and still be a fuck boy. Like Jen's confessionals of like, he better, you know, maintain his own end of the bargain here. And it's like, Jen, what was the bargain? A lobotomy? Like I get him maybe not fucking someone else while he's with you, but him not seeming trustworthy. I don't know how that can change. I don't know. Like, I feel like it, a lot of it is the energy that the other women, and I'm not even saying the women on the show, I think women in Orange County are mm. giving to Jen about him because I think he was an F boy for so fucking long. And so she has insecurities, but I think that she needs to kind of either get over it. Like we can't keep living in the past and move on. And if he does something proactively, but like, honestly, that scene where she was like, you know, crying about, you know, she can't even pay for the retainer to, you know, get her divorce like yes. going on because she all her money is sort of in this place. And he immediately is like, you know, I'd give that to you in a second. And she's like, I wouldn't do that. To me, that shows they are on equal footing because anyone to me, an F boy is also somebody who's like, I feel like John Jansen probably rides off Shannon's coattails more mm -hmm. than Ryan rides off of hers. And so it's like, it seems like they have an equal share. Like Jen isn't putting up with financial abuse from it. And whereas like Shannon, I don't know. Like, it seems like from what the girls are saying, you be paying for stuff. And obviously there's chaos in his life too. I mean, his son just got arrested for vandalism. And I'm not saying that's like some horrible crime. What I'm saying is though, John clearly has, chaos happening in his own life that yeah she doesn't need to be involved in that chaos and obviously we've heard the rumors that the daughter hates Shannon so it's right. like but it's like does she hate Shannon because the two of them have toxic behaviors that get a little crazy when they're around maybe this daughter has a point we don't know <laughs> if everyone is telling you you're dead it's time to lie down yeah to borrow from Madame Dubrow it's like does John Jansen have chaos or is he chaos <laughs> were you silenced <laughs> silent are that you is chaos or <laughs> is your life chaotic or are you the chaos john <laughs> if this episode has a title which it truly might not I think it, there has to be some sort of the first and only time that John Jansen is going to be compared to Oprah. <laughs> like That will hopefully never happen again. I mean, fuck. That is something that I will experience just this one time. But what a magical <laughs> comparison that was. Oh, my God. I hope Shan isn't listening to this. And she's like, yes, I knew that he was, you know, a spiritual leader for me in my life and community. And it's like, no, that's not that's that's actually not what we're saying here. Um, no. Shifting gears a little bit because this is a little bit of a carousel and I am very, very here for it. Salt Lake City. Talk about Love conflict. It. Right. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I love it so much. Meredith versus Angie, a real, you know, fight of the Titans, you know, two superstars, Meredith versus herself. Again, talking about we love seeing a drunk person just like causing chaos at a public event like Meredith drunk is just already just hilarious anyways, because she's always just so like, you know, together, like proper, mm. like that's her whole. But like, I love when people are like, because I feel like that sometimes where I'm like, I'm very together, but like, catch me in the wrong day. <laughs> I might be a sloppy mess. But like, wait, can I first preface this? Because I have to preface please. anytime I talk about Salt Lake City. Mary, if you are listening, please unblock me. I now just found out that Mary Cosby not only has me blocked on Instagram, I didn't even know she had a TikTok account until, you know, our friend Julian Haggins posted it. And she, I guess, preemptively blocked me on TikTok what? too. I don't know. How do we get you? So this happened to me. It took, okay, AGs, you have homework because, uh, but although we're talking about Mary here, so you guys might end up being blocked as a result, but Emily Simpson had me blocked for a minute and then I begged AGs to figure out a way to make this happen and they did. She unblocked me and I sent her essentially daily love notes. I sent her like daily affirmations. Why like, did she block you though? 
Well, it was a post that I that I I get it. I get okay, it. Got this it, was got several it. years ago. Yeah. I get it. You will never. It that was your fault. Been, okay. It was hundred percent my fault. That post has been archived. I learned a lot of decisions about myself. She had the right. She had the right to. I I sort of like under. I was like a head nod at the time. But then Emily became a superstar, and I was like, who would have known? How, yeah. how could we have known at this point? Yeah. yeah. Um. But guys, if if you decide to volunteer as tribute, could we maybe? I wouldn't DM her. I don't know that she knows what messages are, but like maybe just, uh, but again, you might get blocked. So I, I don't, know. I don't I'd be, know. I'd this be very tricky. weary. Yeah. It's tricky. That's why I just make the pleas myself. I, I, I plead on any, any time yes. I go on a show when we talk about Salt Lake City, I'm like, Mary, if you happen to be listening, please unblock the talk of shame. I like, I am your biggest fan, but Oh, yeah. I mean, and the Andrew and Meredith conflict, I didn't expect because I like the, the 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 kind of simple, I won't say it was a simple comment, but like it was a typical rumor comment that's typical of Salt Lake City that she made about Meredith. And so it felt like Meredith was holding it to her. But I felt like that had more to do with Lisa. I felt like Meredith was annoyed with the fact that like Angie and Lisa were so close when she mm. was on the outs. And so she was going to make sure that she was going to become friends with Lisa again, but she was also going to hold Angie, hold it against Angie too. Um, but I don't mind it because again, it's, I don't have faith. I do have favorites, but I'm like, I don't mind this sort of conflict. I want you to fight. I want you to have this kind of conflict. I am extremely into the fact that, like, I sort of don't care about who wins and who's mad. Like, I could have less personal stakes invested in Salt Lake right now, which is making this a truly thrilling ride. It really I think is. that's you're right. That's totally what it is. It's like there's no it's like I just want to see it unfold. <laughs> yep. And I feel like our stakes were invested pretty heavily in people in previous seasons of Salt Lake and it didn't necessarily work out. So now if there's just like chaos and I'm like cheering them on, God bless. This is the best case scenario for Salt Lake. It's there. They are. This is a, a shockingly <laughs> delightful season. Never would so I have delightful. expected it. And, and Monica, like she took the notes. She came in and said, you're not going to get me caught up like trying to act like I'm going to bring out every skeleton on my own in the first like 12 <laughs> minutes I'm on this on the screen. <laughs> Monica, I can't because there are moments in which I understand her. And then I'm like, nope, no idea. Couldn't tell you how I feel about this person. She's. I don't even know what there is to say about her. Oh, I mean, I love her. To me, she's giving like early Brandy Glanville. Like when Brandy Glanville oh, was giving wow. her best Brandy Glanville, that's what she's given to me. It's like the chaos, the unfiltered, but like in a very like, I don't give a fuck, but I'm also not saying anything wrong. I'm just like being loud about it. And like, you'd maybe don't want to hear it. I love it. I mean, she's like, I'm going to come for Angie. I'm going to come for Lisa. <laughs> I just love it. That is a really good comparison. It really, aside from, and this is a big aside, what ends up happening in later seasons with Brandy. Like yeah. she, she just really, truly flew too close to the sun over and over and over and over again. But that start, like Brandy's start to Housewives was solid because she, would she escalate things 100%, but she wasn't always wrong. She really wasn't. She was like, she was more spot on than not, I thought, at the at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, she showed up to parties in her boot and crutches and was still like, oh my God, that poor. <laughs> Do you remember when Kyle and Kim were like at their peak mean girl yes. like trying to get everybody to focus a little bit less on what was going on with the Richard sisters and a little bit more on like pretending that Brandy was just like super bad I mean iconic television I couldn't because I was like why are you making me hate you Kyle and Kim I loved you and now like uh -huh. you're making me and I couldn't figure it out now as we know yes. like we know what was happening but at that time I was like I don't understand but it was so good. They were so bitchy to her. I was like 100% team Brandy in that scenario. And I don't know that we will ever get to that place again. But that is why Peacock exists. Exactly. Truly. Listen, Kiki Monique, 
Talk of shame. What a talk. What a kiki we had. I just, you are such a ray of light. I could not more encourage that people follow you. You're a superstar on social. You have such an incredible voice. I know that you've been doing guest hosting on Radio Andy, which has been a spectacular success. I just think, you know, whatever you've got cooking, whatever comes next is um, incredibly deserved. And honestly, like you talk about things that I have no idea is happening or I really don't know the details of something. And so I just like honestly, every day I'm sharing one of your stories or reels because I'm like, there's this is the explainer. Like, I don't know. I don't even like I'm learning. Like, if you want info, you want me to respond, just go to Kiki's social because she's doing it like nobody else. So I'm so thankful for you coming on AG. And I do have a beg for you, which is to come on taking it personally soon because I want to deep dive Southern Charm with you. I really the toxic bro culture of it all Shep getting dragged to absolute hell Craig's pillow talk I mean there's I have found Southern Charm really entertaining this season and that's after tapping out last season so I'm surprised by it honestly I was surprised too but it is it's it's good yeah. Also, I have not seen a single second of Love is Blind. Um, I might do a binge today. I know. And you our do friend, it. I know. And our friend Pet Shop Boy has been like, and I can't um, not look at his stories. But then I'm like, <gasps> and then I see like the word Love is Blind or like someone's photo. And I, I don't know anything that has happened, but I've like heard a little, but I don't want to be spoiled. But I have been spoiled, but I refuse to acknowledge the spoiling. You need to come back. We need to talk about it. Honestly, yes, we, yes, really do. Absolutely. we really do. I heard it's a solid season. I heard it's like, it's bueno. so good. All it's right. So well, good. you're coming back. We're going to chit chat. In the meantime, where can AGs follow you on social, all that and more? Follow me on TikTok and IG at the talk of shame. And I do have some announcements coming up soon. So yes, go follow. Oh my God. Some surprises in store. Can't <laughs> wait for you to mention it all. Speaking of mentioning it all, do you guys... Are you guys Patreon AGs? Have you joined the Andy Scrolls Patreon? Three hour long episodes up this week talking about the ruckus in New Jersey, talking about Bethany's re uh, reality reckoning, talking about so many of your satchels and my live reaction to the Potomac trailer. I didn't even ask you about Nini and Bethany. So maybe that's for the best. God bless. I haven't actually gotten to listen to it yet. So yeah, I mean, I do want to still listen. I know it's two parts. Yes, it's two parts. And the second part, I think, is like a full hour and a half. So I listened to and recapped part one. I do have on my list to do the same for part two. I would love to get your perspective on that when we both um, finish it up, because I think okay. that there's there is potentially some stuff to discuss. In the meantime, join the AG Patreon. $2 a month gets you my love and sass. $5 a month gets you two bonus episodes. $10 a month gets you four. And there's also a premium tier where we can do a Zoom Kiki or record a Patreon episode whatever you have in mind and more that's at patreon.com slash andy's girls follow me on instagram and allegedly threads at dame galley and kiki thanks so much for coming back appreciate you thanks for having me all right guys thanks so much for listening and we will chat with you soon Bye bye, bye.